It is almost like something that we remember, not even remembering that it came from the Bible. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. Or a slightly more exact way to put it, start a youth out on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And if you're like many parents, you've probably felt a com- like a complete failure sometimes, right? When your child goes off the rails. But is that doubt justified? What is doubt? And is there any hope or comfort? Welcome. Hello, world. This is Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Always Be Ready segment, where we supplement our daily Bible read-through with a short exploration of an idea that relates to us thinking more strategically or biblically and living more effectively as Sunday morning touches down on Monday morning, including today's thought that I hope is not only an encouragement to you, but that you use it to encourage others. And we will get there by like kind of squishing together two things, looking at the issue of doubt through the lens of that verse that most parents have really wondered deeply about. In today's Daily Audio Bible segment, we heard of John the Baptizer, who is in prison, and that's the John that Jesus called the greatest among prophets, right? A a rather lofty compliment. But John sends his disciples to Jesus going, uh, are you really the one? Even John doubted. And we can take away at least three things related to the anatomy of doubt from that. And I'm going to give a little credit where credit's due. chunk of this comes from David Platt's commentary, Exalting Jesus in Matthew. First, doubt often arises during difficult situations. So here's John, who was once out preaching boldly, right now stuck in a Roman prison, notoriously not a hospitable environment. My friends, difficult situations is part of parenting. And even if you don't have children, maybe you were the difficulty for your parents, like I was. Or you've observed that in other families. And to be fair, some situations appear entirely untenable. But stick with me. The second element of doubt in the anatomy of doubt relates to those difficult situations, which is unmet expectations. But wait, we think, according to this proverb, I took my kids to church and all that. Aren't they supposed to cling to Jesus and not depart from what they've been taught? I mean, I feel like I'm disqualified from parenting, let alone ever serving others in ministry. Unmet expectations. We'll come back to that. Third, in the midst of his struggles, John suffered from limited perception. He simply didn't understand everything that was happening or not happening around him, so he sent his disciples to question Jesus. Now, we can't exactly send our disciples to question Jesus, but then we don't have to. We have prayer and the Holy Spirit and the Bible and can ask directly. But still, we often miss this element of that story of John the Baptist, and we miss it in our own stories as well. We have limited perception. We don't see everything that God sees, and we often misunderstand what we see. So, if that is kind of the anatomy of doubt, difficult situations, unmet expectations, limited perceptions, what do we do? Well, I don't have 
amazing parenting advice per se. First, let's deal with what to do with doubt. And then we'll close with a key thing or two to remember about kids going off the rails. First and foremost, we confront doubt with biblical revelation. When John's disciples questioned Jesus, remember how he answered them? He said, go and report to John what you hear and see. Right? He pointed them. Remember the question was, are you the one? Are you the Messiah? And he didn't say, yes. He said, look at the evidence. In fact, Jesus used phrases taken from Isaiah 35 and 61 to describe the miraculous works he had been doing and to show that he was indeed the promised one. And those passages that Jesus alluded to in Isaiah refer not only to healing, but also to the judgment that the Messiah would bring. Jesus' miraculous works were evidence, evidence of the inbreaking kingdom, and therefore John needed to uh, do what we need to do, trust that Jesus would indeed bring full and final judgment and justice. So the first antidote to doubt is biblical revelation. Second, we battle doubt with joyful submission. After Jesus recounts his great works to John's disciples, he closes by saying, and if anyone is not offended by me because of me, he's blessed. To not be offended because of Jesus is essentially to trust him, even when it's not easy, and trusting Christ seems contrary to reason, We need to remain grounded in biblical revelation and look to him in faith. The reward is blessing, and that's a promise from God. And that, my friends, is useful to remember when it comes to our kids. All people will have to individually give an account for what they did with what has been revealed in Jesus. And when it comes to that proverb, it's useful to remember that instead of That proverb being a promise that if you do it right, your children will turn out right. It's actually a reverse promise, a warning. That if you do not correct your children when they are young, they'll run amok wanting their own way as an adult. So importantly, when possible, we correct them. We point them in the right direction. Start a youth out on his way. Right? It's not the way. There is a recognition among scholars that, that this points to each person having something that's probably personal to them. Right? There's the universal, <laughs> Jesus or not Jesus, and there is the personal, as in you each have your own gifts and skills, and so do your kids. We can point them in the right direction, but remember this, we might, we might even have deep regret that we didn't do that better, or maybe even not at all, when they were young enough to have any influence. But at some point, and I want you to hear this, at some point in any context, you are going to have to turn them over to the Holy Spirit. Our role is not simply behavior modification that will turn our kids into Pharisees or into rebels when the bribes for good behavior and threats for bad behavior go away. No, our goal for our children is life transformation through Jesus, right? Proverbs is clear that discipline is a form of evangelism. All this, my friends, should not cause guilt in parents 
as much as it should cause vigilance. And now that the past is the past, we can live today like we wished we did yesterday. Jesus understands your doubts and your regrets and has called you to a a mission as his ambassador to be fellow rescuers on mission. Nonetheless, whether it's a people group in a foreign country or the people at your office or your kids down the street who barely speak to you. The good news is the good news after all. Even some of the godliest people struggle with kids going haywire. Even some of the godliest people deal with doubt. And I want you to rest in the fact that all human beings, including your kids, ultimately have to make their own choice before Jesus. And he wants them in his kingdom as much as he wanted you there. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.